Good morning. We uh, ought to be thankful that we're able to gather together in this manner uh, with like-minded believers and to enjoy fellowship through the bond of Christ, to worship our Father in heaven, to lift up the name of His Son. Uh, God has been so good to us. He's been so exceedingly generous with us. We are the recipients of blessing after blessing after blessing. And that is not something, as Christians, we only acknowledge one week of the year. That should be a mindset. That should be a part of who we are all year long, this this spirit of thanksgiving. But we are excited about this upcoming week where we get to celebrate with friends and family. We get an opportunity to count our blessings and to name them one by one and to consider all the ways that God has been good to us. For the Word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. The Word of God. What is that exactly? Well, this comes, this verse comes from Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. And in this context, the Word of God specifically is the Word that reveals Israel's rebellion in the Old Testament uh, when they were disobedient to God and God punished them. He disciplined them by sending them out into the wilderness for 40 years. It was the Word of judgment, a Word of warning to us today to be devoted to God so that we can experience His rest unlike that generation of disobedient Israelites. But it's more than just that word. The Word of God, by extension, is the entire Old Testament. It is the Hebrew Scriptures, the Bible of the Jewish people, the Israelites. But it's even more than that. The Word of God is not just the Old Testament. It is also the New Testament as well. As Paul proclaims in 2 Timothy chapter 3, Verse 16, all Scripture from Genesis to Revelation is breathed out by God, inspired by God, and it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Verse 17, that the man of God, the person of God, may be complete, equipped for every good work. The Word of God, the Scriptures, the Bible, that I have up here, that I'm preaching from today, the Bible that you hold open in your laps as you listen to the sermon today, it is the very Word of God. It, just, it doesn't contain, just contain the Word of God, and it doesn't simply become the Word of God if you read it in a certain way. It is the Word of God. And the Word of God is living. It's alive. It is not some dusty, old, dead document. It is not outdated. It is not stale or stagnant. It crackles with life. It is, as Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 1, 23, the living and abiding, lasting, enduring Word of God. Why is it alive? Why is it that when we read the Bible, when people throughout history have read the Bible, they sense that it's more than just a good book? They sense that it's more than just words on a page? They sense that it's 
more than just a compilation of documents compiled over thousands of years. They sense that it's something special and unique. It is the living word of God, and it's because the God who spoke it into existence and who speaks through it today is a living God. He is alive. God is alive today, and his word is alive because he is. And the word of God is living and active. God's word is a powerful force. According to God in the prophet Isaiah chapter 55 verse 11, my word that I send out, when it goes out from my mouth, it will not return to me empty, God says. It will accomplish that which I purpose. It will always do the thing that I sent it out to do. That is the power of God's word. It always accomplishes its purpose. I love the imagery in this verse. The word of God, it is no dull blade. It is as sharp, in fact, sharper than any two-edged sword. And when it cuts through us, it lays us open. And it has the power to cut through our tough exteriors, to cut through our hardened, cold hearts. No part of us is left unexposed when the word of God gets a hold of us. It is sharp. It has power. It has power to convict us and our hearts of sin. It has power to enrich our faith with grand promises. Power to help us become like the one that we behold within it. Power to bring joy in the grace of God in the face of struggle, despite difficulty, joy. Power to equip us believers for the good works that we ought to be walking in. Power to offer needed rest to the faithful. Power to warn against the hardening of hearts. It has the power What's remarkable about about this verse is that it tells us the word of God has the power of the one who speaks it. Now, God and God's word are not synonymous, but in a sense, God's word has the same level of power as God himself. When God speaks, it is a powerful force. Yes, the word is powerful, but only if we read it. And that's the big idea of the lesson today. The power of God's word is not unleashed from Bibles that gather dust on bookshelves and on side tables and on nightstands and in cars. Isn't it ironic and disturbing that we have at our fingertips an incredibly, amazingly powerful source And yet, we don't treat it like that. And we don't read it as often as we should. And we leave our Bibles laying around here and there, just in a place where we can find them so we can take them to church on Sunday. And then when we get home from church, many of us put the Bible right back where it was the week before, and we'll find it the very next Sunday. We have in greater volume than anybody in the course of history has had access to the living and active Word of God. There's so much untapped power and potential at our fingertips, and yet it remains impotent and powerless in our lives because we never take the time to open it and to read it and to allow our powerful living God to get to work in us through the reading of His Word. 
Now, I'm not talking to all of you. Because I know in our crowd this morning, we have some dedicated, devoted Bible readers. But I dare say there are some people out here, and for you, it is a struggle for you to read your Bible. And that's true for many reasons. I mean, we could, we could expound on this for a, while, for, for a while. The Bible is not held in the same regard in our culture today as it was many years ago. You can probably think of your parents or grandparents who were very committed to reading the Word. I think, I mean, I hear stories often about grandmother would open up her Bible every night and and read it. Every morning, I would see her sitting at the kitchen table reading her Bible. Uh, Our father would, would open up the Bible and read to the family every night. We know that the Bible doesn't hold the same place of prominence in our culture today as it did 50, 100 years ago. Many of us lead busy lives and we don't carve out the time that is required in order to read our Bibles. And many of us have bought into the cultural lie that the Bible is just a dusty, dead, old document and and it's not, um, you know, it, it, it is not something that we should give a, a, a great amount of credence to. You know, there are other resources for, for help. You know, you can grab all sorts of books that will tell you how to live your life and how to raise your kids and how to do this or that. And those are every bit as good as the Bible. These are the messages that we hear in our culture today. And we buy into those lies. And so we don't go to the good book as often as we, as we should. And when I say that, I'm including me. Because I'm not reading my Bible like I should. I mean, I read when I need to get ready for a class or a sermon. But I don't read to read as often as I should. And I will confess to you, as your preacher, that I have never once read the Bible from cover to cover. I bet I've read most of it in bits and pieces here and there, but I've never started at the beginning and read all the way to the end. But that changes in 2019. There are many good ways to read the Bible. You can follow a theme throughout the Scriptures. You can follow the theme of God's righteousness or love or the theme of a kingdom or priesthood of believers All sorts of themes you can follow from beginning to end. You can take a single book and read it in one sitting and then read it multiple times and really dig in deep to that one book from the Scriptures. But here's what we are going to do in the new year, beginning January 1, well, actually December 31st. Here's the big news. We are going to challenge one another to read the whole Bible in the new year. That's the news that I plugged in the bulletin the week before. It's the news I've been plugging on Facebook. No, we're not starting a big building project. No, we're not taking the whole congregation to Disney World. That was never going to happen. We are going to challenge one another to read the Bible. And this is the best plan, the best possible challenge, because it's one that is going to help us to grow spiritually. We're calling it the Great Bible Reading Challenge of 2019. And I hope that you will be a part of it, regardless of your age, regardless of how many times you have read the Bible. I revealed this to one of our older ladies, and I said, you know, this is old hat to you. 
Because I know you've read through the Bible several times. And she said, no, I need to do it again. It's for people like her. It's for people, our teenagers, uh, who may have never read the Bible before. This will be their first time through. Anybody who can read, this challenge is for you. And I don't want you to worry or fret. Because we're not just going to say, okay, get to reading. Get on out there and start reading your Bibles. We are going to hold your hand all the way. We're going to hold each other's hands. We're going to offer encouragement to one another. We're going to hold each other accountable. We are going to provide a reading plan for every member of the congregation. Everybody who wants one, really, I should say. And let me tell you about this reading plan. Because there are different ways to read through the Bible. Here's the reading plan that that we're going to use. You will be reading five days a week, Monday through Friday. And then you will have Saturdays and Sundays for reflection time or some of you for catch-up if you missed a reading during the week. We will be going through the Old Testament and the New Testament at the same time because let's just be real honest with one another. There are a lot of well-meaning people in the house today who have started January 1st and said, I'm going to read through the whole Bible. And you started in Genesis and you were going along pretty strong. Exodus, you slowed down a little bit. When you got to Leviticus and Numbers, you you hung up your hat. And you said, man, that's hard. Well, we're going to have a New Testament reading along with an Old Testament reading every day. And I hope that is going to help you push through some of those more challenging Old Testament readings. We're also going to be reading the Scriptures chronologically. And so, the books of the Old and the New Testament are going to be scrambled a little bit so that we can get a sense of how things played out in the history of God's relationship with His people. So, if Mark appears before Matthew and if a book of Paul appears before one of the Gospels, just stick to the plan And we hope that you'll get a better sense of the story of God in the lives of his people. And also in this plan, there are psalms mixed throughout the year. You know, the psalms are beloved by many of us for devotional reading. And so we're not going to be reading the psalms in one big chunk. You'll have two or three psalms that you get to read every week of the year. As I said, there are many great reading plans for reading the Bible through, but this is the one that we have picked, and we hope that it will be helpful uh, to uh, getting everybody from start to finish throughout the year. And these reading plans will be available to pick up in late December. Something else that impacts us throughout the year. Every Sunday, the sermon will be based on one of the readings that you have read in the week prior. And so you will come to church each week having read the text that it's going to be preached on that Sunday morning. And some Sunday nights will be preaching on a text that you've read the week before. You will be coming much better prepared to hear from God and to hear from His Word because you will have already read what's going to be preached about. This is going to help us to grow spiritually, to grow in our knowledge of God's Word and our willingness to obey it. And sometimes bulletin articles will be written. If there's a particularly difficult reading that needs further explanation, we'll use the bulletin to dig into those readings. So this is not just going to affect you during the week. This is going to impact our assembly times on Sundays when we get together. We're going to be talking about what you've read the week before. Let me tell you what else is available to you 
as we launch the great Bible reading challenge for 2019. You can, uh, I bet some of you saw this uh, table in the lobby when you came in. When you leave today, there will be two clipboards on that table. One has a sign-up sheet for a free journal. You can sign up for, to receive that journal starting today and going for the next couple Sundays. Now, let me tell you how that will benefit you. It will help you keep track of your readings. Uh, on the previous slide, you have seen the uh, January calendar. You'll have a calendar like that throughout in this journal. And those of you who love to-do lists, I'm one of these people. I love that little check mark behind, beside my bullet point when I get something done. Uh, on that calendar, you can put a little cross through that day and you can say, mm, I have read my Bible for the day. And that may bring you satisfaction. Some of you don't care about that sort of thing. So just disregard that. Uh, but this is going to help you keep track of your readings. It also provides space for taking notes. And you're going to do this in different ways. Some of you will want to write questions down that you took away from the text, things that you don't understand. Some of you want to write big, big ideas that you took away as you read, themes that you found in your reading. Some of you may want to write prayers that were sort of spawned from the reading. And there are also spaces in this journal where you'll be able to take notes throughout the year on Sunday mornings during the sermon. Now, some of you may say, well, I'm not a big note taker. You know, I don't really take notes. Well, maybe you want to try it out. Maybe it's something that if you've never done it before, you'll see that it might help you in, in your growing and learning process, in your spiritual formation. Uh, and, you know, it is free. So, you know, sign up for it, see what you think about it, and maybe you will find that it, it has some benefits for you. Something else, for $20, you can sign up to purchase an ESV Reader's Bible. The English Standard Version is the version that I preach from week in and week out. It's a good translation. It's not the only good translation. But it is a good literal word-for-word translation that's also very understandable and readable. Now, I've got a slide up here with two pages from Genesis from the ESV Reader's Bible. Let me tell you what's different about it. You will not find within the text the chapter and verse numbers. Chapter and verse numbers were added later as um, a way to help us better reference things in the Scriptures. They're not original to the text. And so in this Bible, if you so choose to purchase one, you will be able to read the Scriptures as they were intended originally to be read, which is as an unbroken narrative. Maybe this would help you. Help you to better focus on the text. There are very few distractions in the text. You can see where you're reading. I mean, you've got a two off in the margin. That shows you you're about to start Genesis chapter 2. And at the top, you see that it's taking you from Genesis 1, 21 through chapter 2, verse 4. So you still have references off to the side, but the text is just the text. And that might help some of you. Some of you, you've got a Bible that you've had for 50 years. You love your copy of God's Word, and you wouldn't part with it for anything. And that's great. We want you to use the Bible that you want to use in your reading. But some of you are thinking, it's a new year. This is a new challenge. I want a new, fresh copy of God's Word. I want to start in Genesis and go all the way to Revelation with it. And so we want to make that available for you. You can sign up for it starting today. And both the journals 
And the Bibles will be available for you in late December. You can't go wrong with reading God's Word. And I'm already excited about the things that God is going to do through us. I mean, look at all these people in here. If we all commit to reading God's Word, can you imagine what God is going to do in us and through us through the reading of His Word? I think we can scarcely, I don't even know what's ahead, but I do know that good things are ahead for those who read the Word of God. And we want everybody to be committed to this. We, we believe that God is going to do great things in us and through us. And at this time, one of our elders, uh, Mike Rogley, is going to come up and offer a prayer on behalf of this effort. Pray with me. God, our Heavenly Father, our Creator, our Sustainer, our Strength, we come to You at this time asking You to bless our efforts as we commit as a family of Your people here in Winchester to read Your Word. Lord, that should be something that we're already doing. But we renew that vow to You that we want to know You. And to know You is to read Your Word. Lord, we understand You've made many promises to us. Help us to want to read and see what those promises truly are. Open our minds and our hearts to Your Word. Give us a passion to truly seek to know You. Thank You for Your Word that holy inspired Word that should be our guide here as we live on this earth and seek to serve You. Bless our efforts, dear Lord, as a family. Help us to encourage each other. Help us to be examples to each other. Help us to hold each other accountable. Because, Lord, we know if we study Your Word, if we read Your Word, that You'll speak to us in ways that we may not have heard yet. In ways that will help us be all that we can be for You. Can be Your servants in a way that will tell others of that Word that You want all of us to know. Lord, bless our efforts. Bless this uh, as a church family as we uh, start in a new year to read Your Word. Thank You for all that You've said to us through Your Word. And help us to have a real passion to know what that is. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.
Our theme for 2019 is the Word of God. Our theme verse is Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. And our goal as a church family is to read every word of God's Word in the new year. And if you have decided today to commit to joining us in the reading of the Bible in 2019, not only will you find a clipboard to sign up for a journal in the lobby and a clipboard to sign up for a Bible, you'll also find three big foam boards. And you can sign one of those if you have decided today, you know what, next year I am going to make it the year when I read through God's Word. That's going to be an additional way that we hold one another accountable. There are already a few signatures on it. Boy, it'd be grand if we, at the end of the day, if we walked out of here and that, those three boards were full of signatures of people who desire to know God and His will for our lives better through His Word. And I would ask you, this is just a housekeeping thing. Those are, some, those are foam boards and we have little fine point Sharpie markers. Don't press too hard, okay? I mean... Press hard in your commitment in your mind, but not with your pen, all right? We'll put it that way. If some of you are still thinking, I just don't know if I can do that, let me share with you this. These daily readings, they will only take 15 to 20 minutes a day. 15 to 20 minutes a day, five days a week, for a whole year, you will have read the Bible. We can do that. We can do this. We will do this together. And so begin thinking about, when is the best time for me to read? Do I need to set my alarm for 20 minutes earlier so that I can get on up, get a start on my day, and read then? Do I need to spend some time on my lunch break reading? Would that be a good time for me to complete? Go ahead and start thinking about this. Start planning ahead. We're calling those resolution boards because I know it's just November the 18th, but it's time to start thinking about New Year's resolutions. And a lot of us think, well, I need to get in shape, or I need to do this or that. There's no better resolution than to commit to reading God's Word. And so this morning, make an early New Year's resolution. Decide that you're going to read God's Word in 2019. The Word of God is living and active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The word is powerful. But for the word to change us and change the world through us, we got to be in the word. We must be reading the word. And when we do, big things happen. Change happens. Transformation from the inside out happens. The word in its entirety tells us about a God who has never stopped pursuing us, a God who loves us so much that He was willing to send His only begotten Son to the earth to live as an example for all of us to die a cruel, horrific death on the cross for our sins. Your God loves you that much. He's done that for you. Will you receive the gift of salvation and forgiveness that can only be experienced through that sacrifice? That's the invitation today. An invitation of a God who loves you, of a God who desires to share a relationship with you now and forevermore. And if you're in the house today and you've never confessed the name of Christ, you've never repented from your sins, you've never been baptized so that those sins can be washed away, 
there is water. You know, what, what hinders you from making that most important step? Or if you need prayers today, we not only have two elders in the library, the conference room after this assembly, if, if you need to go and talk with them uh, privately and ask for prayers, this is a time for you to come before your church family and say, I'm struggling. I need to rededicate my life to my Lord. I am dealing with just some heavy burdens in my life. And I need the help of my brothers and sisters to get me through a tough time. This is also a chance for you to come and to make those needs. If you have a spiritual need of any kind this morning, why don't you come and make that known as we stand and sing?